You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, going to skip tonight. Today's intro for the Locked On Pacers podcast, um, obviously because of the coronavirus and because it's just not um, – I think it's a, it's good to skip pleasantries right now. Um, as always, I'm Adam Freeman, the host of this show, and joining the other line is Tony East. We are back together for the first time since the NBA has postponed, suspended their season um, due to concerns about COVID-19. And before we start, I think it's just worth saying um, this is a serious issue that people should be taking seriously. Um, as we're doing this podcast now, um, the CDC has said all guys over 50 are canceled. Um, so... Anybody out there, young, old, stay safe. Try to keep your distance from people and just try to help to keep the spread of this disease down because I think that's the most important thing right now is making sure we don't overwhelm our healthcare system with just an overwhelming amount of COVID-19 cases. So, um, but, but now we're going to kind of shift um, because obviously we are a Pacers podcast and if you want to find more of the expert opinion stuff on the coronavirus, I suggest go reading New York Times, Washington Post, um, there are some podcasts, I think, um, I forget who has a podcast for it. I think Fried Zakaria does a pretty good one about the coronavirus and whatnot. So, um, or Dr. Sanjay Gupta actually from CNN does. So go listen to that stuff for like the official stuff. Um, we are not experts here on Long Time Pages Podcast. So all I can say is wash your hands and try social distancing, I guess. That's what they say right now. Um, all right. So Tony. We have not talked. Yes, since. I'm here. Hello. Yes, Tony is on the other line. We have not talked <laughs> since the NBA spent their season. Um, no, we haven't talked since the Pacers. Last time we talked, Adam, the Pacers had a game that night. Yes, they did. And they lost. Right? They that one. We'll talk about that later. We're going to talk about basketball today, I promise. Yeah, so what's real quick, what we're going to do. I'm making Adam do it. We're going to spend probably the first 20 minutes of this show just talking about some of the implications of this suspended season and what could happen and when games could be played and stuff like that. And then we'll spend the last segment just – kind of talking about the Celtics game, the last Pacers game that was played. Um, we will get back to you guys probably with a tweet sometime um, on Monday, maybe early Tuesday, about what we were doing the rest of the week for podcasts and the rest of the kind of really to NBA returns. I think we're we're leaning towards kind of a rewatchable style, kind of like if you've seen that on The Ring or whatnot, where you just sort of rewatch some old Pacers game, talk about them, but we'll release a list and schedule and whatnot for what we plan to do for that in the coming days. After that, I guess we'll do some player recap stuff too, Adam, um, just to – Keep yeah, and then, I mean, we I think that's the kind of where we need to start is I don't think either of us, I don't think anybody knows how long this moratorium, whatever you want to call it, this, this postponement is going to last, right? I mean, right, like I said at the start of the podcast, right. the CDC said no gatherings over 50 for eight weeks. So say uh, you say you get whatever, thir- just the active players from each team, 13 each, that's 26. Coaching staffs, five each, that's 36. Three refs, that's 39. You got to get – you only have 11 more people in the entire arena to make this go. You know, that, that is quite a limitation to make it. I, I'm sure it's possible, but it's very challenging. And Woj also just said the G League expects their season to be canceled, uh, not postponed, canceled. So uh, it's not looking good for anything in the next few weeks, especially because the CDC recommendation was, I believe, eight weeks, correct? Yeah, and it's I think it's eight weeks, and I think that's probably the, the start. Who knows how you know? It really depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks with the amount of cases here for that to continue. It does seem unlikely, like their thirty day initial time frame. Maybe they, if they go no fans, they could fit under fifty. But again, that that's why I said that is because it seems like that eight week time frame might actually be when it's possible to make things happen again. Now, if they can find a way with just eleven people to 
make it happen for the TV broadcast because there's no way they're going to do unbroadcasted and no fans, right? Yeah, what what you could see, I mean, you could see shortened games, shortened rosters for game. You know what I mean? Shortened rosters would help, I guess. Right? You could reduce. You could play like ten minute games. I mean, there's there's a lot of things they could do. Uh, the question becomes how badly they want to access the TV money because that's the key, right? And whether one, if people are quarantined, if people are, God forbid, dying. Do you feel like you should play games or shouldn't play games in that moment? And also, you have to make sure probably have to screen every player, every staff before they enter the arena because it's a close contact sport. So if one right. person has it, it's going to spread. So there's also that whole part of it. And if players get this, you know, assuming you know it goes around the way the CDC thinks, and the and you know, do players end up with this? So are they able to play come June because somebody is sick? And they might not, you know, they might just be kind of mild symptoms, but they're still sick, so they shouldn't be able to play and stuff like that. So there's, there's a whole bunch of layers to this that are really unanswerable right so if they if they do find a way to get it to 50 in within their 30 day or at their 30 day mark right in april i kind of doubt this but it's it's on the table i'll discuss it i wonder if and I've, I've seen someone else or a lot of people tweet about this this is a running theory but i wonder if they could find a scenario where they say okay we're dropping in the playoffs right now we're not that far removed from when this is supposed to start in fact i think 30 days from the announcement of the suspension is actually before the playoffs would have technically started. So they could just drop right in playoffs, current standings, no fans playoffs. I don't think anyone would love that idea, but if they're worried about running into complications with like the whole off season happening in just the month of September, they could try that as an idea, but that does seem a little, by a little, I mean quite a bit ambitious right now. Yeah. And I didn't Mark Cuban go on and say they could play the season like like they could delay it three months to play it through August or through September. Yeah, I mean, there, I think a lot of that stuff that's been talked about, and this is everything in this whole thing is like conjecture of this, what they've thought basically. Cause I don't think there's been any discussions at this point since it's evolving so fast. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole problem is I, not that Mark Cuban wouldn't know, but yeah, I think the thing too is actually, I think we, we kind of discovered is the NBA was the first lead to cancel up and really led kind of the whole world i guess or maybe the whole united states not the world the whole united states to sort of shut down in terms of it. so you got to give them props for that um but in, in it to me i guess it just depends where we're at with this whole thing in like oh four weeks eight weeks and i'm right because yeah if if the the, the uh, officials determine that we are past the peak of this and that we are stopping cases and that, that it's, it's fine to go back out in public and stuff like that at that point, then they'll pick up games, even if it's maybe even in July. Like I, I think there, there's a good chance they, if it happens before the summer, if it's kind of close before summer, they play some games. But if it's, if this goes to July or August, they might just say lost season, similar to the way the MLB in 94 did it with the labor locker, right? The lost season, we'll just come back in October, we'll lose the revenue. And you know, that, that, that's it. Yeah, I I kind of find it. I mean, maybe I'm too being too much of a cynic here, but with the amount of TV money on the table, I just super doubt they would have no playoffs. Yeah, but I, I think it's unpredictable how it is. It is. This is an unprecedented. This is a pandemic. It's unprecedented event. Understood. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. It's just unprecedented. I mean, I. I get their hesitancy to not cancel right. Like the NCAA canceled right away because they can't they can't really replay March right. But no way. The, the NBA, right, theoretically can kind of pick up whenever. And there's always – it's already been floated before even this happened. And the NBA maybe wanted to switch to a December-August schedule because they'd rather compete against baseball and then football for, you know, part of their season, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it because the NBA, um, I, you know, you and me both say this, you know, 
if we're as kind of football and basketball fans that like from the end of June till September, it's pretty boring sports three months, right? So if the NBA was there, that'd be even better, right? It would be so much better than than I having like baseball, you jerk. That's right. You like baseball. But do you watch it every single day? Not really. You just have a fantasy league you kind of do, right? No, I watch baseball probably four days a week in season. Oh, my Lord. You are – how old are you again? 25. You're the only 25-year-old that does that. I'm baseball sure. is fun. A lot of people like baseball. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> it, it's a mainly boring time from June until September for sports because there's just one sport playing games. If Even if it's just baseball, there's one sport playing games, right? Correct. So That is the factual part. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like what, it, what Rhodes said, like June. Is that when they said they could see him restarting? I mean, I could see that. He said I, that, that that's been talked about. I, it's so hard. Again, it's so hard for me to read between what owners and agents and GMs and whatever is getting to what just actually saying versus what they have just thought about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it'll really, again, will depend on what public officials say. I mean, they, I think – the NBA has now – it's kind of – the whatever they can do has gone outside their hands, right? You know, the past couple weeks, we've kind of had not a lot, a lot of action by our public officials, so it's kind of been up to the businesses and the leagues to make kind of the decisions. But once we get into two, three months of this, it's going to not – it's not going to be in the NBA's hands when they start playing. It's going to be when public say, you can play games, you can have whatever, this many people in a room, and it's okay. Right. So Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. When I, and right, we took, the biggest impact is is the salary cap. I think that's where I want to go next, but first, take a quick break. Today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you can get delivered fast, and that's where Postmates come in. Maybe you're like me, and you start thinking about what you want to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. That's why you get Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to your front door. But Post doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi and things like that. They actually make your life easier with grocery delivery and whatever kind of delivery you can think of. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. And for a limited time right now, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start your free deliveries. Download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA. For $100 of free delivery credit within, with no minimum purchase required for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. I will take over here if you don't mind. Yeah, you can go ahead and even start this because this is, this is the league, your, your realm. The league estimates what they think they will have as basketball-related income. They call it BRI. I said that last week, but I'm actually going to explain it this time. They estimate what that number is going to be at the end of the season, and then using that number – they make the salary cap, right? So if they're like with the China stuff with Daryl Morey, remember all that, uh, they estimated what it would be. They lost X number of dollars from this PR nightmare with China they had. And so now there's a shortfall of actual basketball related income to what was estimated. That causes the salary cap to drop, right? Because the money now, the total money the league has to spend is lower. So here comes, here comes COVID, right? So they, this, they're going to be so far from their BRI if they don't play 20 games. Yeah, they, they play the playoffs. The regular season and it's the, right, and if they do just play the playoffs, those games are gone. Gate revenue is probably gone for a lot of games anyway. Yeah, Gate revenue might be gone in, in, in the next season if they – you know what I mean? There might be a right. whole, like, no, a full year of no games of fans. So if they play every single game, even in the summer, I think they would lose less because – they would just basically have the loss of interest for a while. They would just have to build it up. But I'm sure if just baseball's on, you know, maybe they could do fine. Well, but 
all sports resume at the same time and there'll be a ton of interest because they've been gone for so long, right? I mean, right. Not so, gonna- so if they actually play all the rest of the games, there's a chance the salary cap doesn't drop that much. But if they just pick it up for the playoffs, they do some truncated season. I think I saw that reported from someone um, as an option. Then the salary cap will drop quite a bit because they're, they're just the estimated money is just left on the table for sure. And with the Pacers already being over the cap, they don't have to worry about the tax or anything. Like, I don't think they're going to have to do anything drastic. And this does impact every team the same amount. However, what your situation is cap-wise so, is not all the same. So it, the, the change is the same for everybody, but the impact on each team could be different. Again, I don't think it's going to be enough for the Pacers that they have to, like, trade away money or anything. But I mean, they, they, their summer plans could be altered by this. I, I, well, I do think there could be some luxury tax relief. You know, Absolutely. Pretty, Absolutely. Right? So the cap's at 109 right now. It was projected at what next year? 115? I'm opening my sheet right now. Right. You had a whole project. So, I mean, I just played that number now. I'd say it was, was going to go up 115. Um, and it, it's, I believe it that's drops, right, though. Right? Is that right or no? I believe so. It's, okay. Excel Let's say it drops to 100 or 98. Well, back to where – I mean – I don't think it'll go down. No way. Well, why, why, I mean – if, there, if there's lost revenue, let's say you can't play games in front of fans. That's, that's a lost revenue across the board. I mean, that's – There's a lot of money. Yeah. And the playoffs probably pay more than the regular season, right? I'm guessing. I mean, in terms of ticket sales are – Cap at, at 117, tax at 142. Right. So, let's say, let's say that even the cap stays sta- – well, that, it won't be that big of a deal. But if the cap goes down to 100, let's say, which I think is a possibility, it could go down. I mean, you're losing a third of revenue. That is possible, I guess. I'm I mean, trying to find my conversation I had with Jeff Siegel right when the China stuff was happening. He explained it all to me. Really. No, but if they play no game, they decide to scrap this year because whatever, for four months, they can't do anything and they just decide it's too late, the cap's going to go down. I and mean, that's just yeah. lost a third of revenue for the season, at least, if not more, because of games, right. because of playoff games. So it, let's say it goes down. I wonder if there's, instead of ledger tax being 120 or whatever 125 it normally would be, they decided it's going to be you know 130 135 just to provide teams that maybe didn't obviously weren't prepared for the this kind of crisis that they can be like okay well you know you know the luxury tax now but you can't you, know, you don't have cap space but you can't you know to worry about that part part of it at least for the next two or three years and there's gonna be a lot of probably a lot of slight changes to the salary cap and the way things are done and certain negotiated after this thing just because you know in most contracts right you don't you prepare for worst case but this is like this is like break the glass like scenario that like only you know if you're a lawyer like the crazy lawyers that think of because it's just it's a once in a generation why they have that clause in the cba that Woj tweeted about where no owner's going to do this no owner's this much of a, of a douche but whether where they don't have to pay players if there's like a natural disaster or a war or something yeah but like but think about then think about the the tv contracts right if they don't play games they get the money up front i believe i don't so then there's a there was a whole pocket spell something about Bang, Bang did this where they just like there's all the implications of, of then who gets what money. They have to pay it back, but then they're going to sue each other because of clauses. Like, who knows how the contracts are kind of written? Do they cover pandemics or do they only cover natural disasters and wars? Like, does this kind of natural disaster? You know, where, where does that fall in? It's a whole issue. So, I mean, I think there's a real chance we see the cap go down, but I think there's also a real chance we see some more precautions put into the salary cap or more. Maybe they even talk about, like, putting some of the money in kind of reserve fund for in case of emergency scenarios like this, instead of just spending it all and stuff like that. I think we can see a real change in all that. Well, the Pacers would be in trouble if the cap got to that number you said of 99 million, because they'd probably be over the tax line if the NBA did not do any relief, if that happened. Yeah, but they would have to relief. Like what if they'd have to, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they would do. Um, 
I mean, there are enough small market teams to vote for. They project player salaries as part of BRI, right? So I'm reading, I'm reading my messages with Jeff Siegel again, who is the master. So would their salaries be cut proportion to the cap? I thought I I don't know how that works. Maybe, but like, so basically the $200 million loss out of $8 billion for China was 2.5% loss. So basically they, the league at that point says, oh, we're overpaying players or whatever, overpaying our spending, not just players, but everything, by 2.5%. So that's why the cap drops to reflect that 2.5%. So the player salaries are, are still the same this season, no matter how much they lose from TVs and stuff, right? So they're still overpaid probably by quite a bit, depending on how much they lose. So That's probably something they need to figure out too, is that maybe they have to discuss how to like re- – Proportionally reduced players. Change the calculation strategy because then you could keep the tax where it was. Now I have no that's, idea. That, that to me, that's always been a problem with the NBA. Whether the cap goes up or down, is that player salaries are one, and then the caps another. Where like when the cap spiked thirty something percent or whatever, thirty million dollars, they should have just made it proportional to salaries and let everybody. Tried and the and the no, the, the union killed it. I mean, that was part yeah, of it. The, yeah, they were like, no, we don't want it. Why? Well, they didn't want that. But then what, what we saw is a bunch of mid-level players who got lucky essentially. Got huge pay, summer. paydays. I mean, and now we're seeing the bigger players cash in now, and we're starting to see that. But now, what they also did is created this, shockingly, a divide, like in every other sports we're starting to see, where it's so cheap. You either have really cheap players or really expensive players. There's no middle ground players anymore. I mean, there's very few guys making the 10s, the 12s. The Pacers are one of the teams that have a lot of those, but one of the very few teams left with those kind of players because of the way the cap got all screwed up, basically. Right. Yeah, next summer is the last summer of, like, that big deal impacting right because no team has space but now even fewer teams might have space so it's gonna be a really bizarre summer it's gonna suck to be afraid of next summer it, it yeah it really depends how they probably resound if, if, they, if they have no relief for tax i mean teams aren't even going to spend their mid-level exceptions right so that's what i mean they're gonna have to figure that i i, I think the, either the league the union and the league will have to come to a decision to cut salary by proportion or they'll have to decide that luxury tax but it's going to be hard for the owners to agree to that because then it means that they have to pay players still more, right? They're still losing a percentage of basketball-related revenue, even if they're not going to pay more. They already money. lost it, right, right. Yeah, but they're losing even more then. I mean, right, if they don't do they, that. They, yeah, they're basically banking on, if you're the optimistic owner, you're banking on just a ton of interest being drummed up in sports being back so that you get a ton of money from ads, viewers, revenue. Yeah, I mean, there's not that possibility too. Or – we could be talking and about then, our- And then the NBA is praying that every playoff series is seven games. <laughs> or the other question is what we could be talking about is they're going to be government bailout eventually too. I mean, there's always, there's always, possible. Like, there's always that question. I mean, I don't know if a league is one needed. I think they could, they're pretty profitable as a league. I think they're doing okay, but there's always that question about will the government step in and just bail them out. Would so, you like to do uh, the injury impact by chance? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. I think that's the next, the next part. And that's the most interesting part to me actually. It's fascinating. Because think about this, right? So Brogdon was going to be out for let's say four to six weeks. Um, well, he's going to get healthy now. He's going to he's going to have this four to six week injury. He missed two games. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oladipo is just going to get healthier. The question I have too, part of injury impact is one: Do these injured players have access to doctors? Do most of them have basketball courts in their house? How are they training? Right. That, that's a huge part of it, right? I'm, I'm imagining the really rich players. I imagine Oladipo level has a basketball court in his house, right? Or, yeah, something like that. Maybe but he might have a court somewhere. But he might not have a court in in his house. He might not only have a court down in his Miami house. But you know who knows? <laughs> but like, and, and maybe are, players are mandated to be in their team state right now. Yeah, that's what that that's what I mean. Like maybe they only have like who knows? Maybe they only have courts in their wherever their L.A. homes. Whatever. The other thing is, do they set up a system 
where a player comes in, can train for an hour, and then they wipe down the courts, you know, super quickly the next player comes and so on, right? So some kind of system where they can bring players in to work out and they can separate from each other and create like a system like that way. I mean, who knows? That's the most fascinating part because you've got injured guys, you've got guys who need to stay in shape because they could be back playing at any moment pretty much depending on how happened this thing, right? It's, it's a very weird situation. And then they also can't go out and like train like it's a lo- like in a lockout year or, or a strike. They would just be working out at the local YMCA, whatever, you know, gym or in a court just playing, and, but they can't do that either. So it's just, it's a whole mess of a situation. Right. Right. It's going to be very complicated. Another factor that having private gyms would be helpful. And Spencer Dinwiddie made like, he tweeted out this whole thing about his idea for whatever, some sort of in-season tournament. And then he suggested that they have like five games of tune-up for the first two weeks before this tournament that he came up with. It was a, it was a 28 team tournament (laughs) instead of the playoffs. Right. But he even thinks like, yo, we're going to be off for this long. We need games before the playoffs to just drop right in. So it like, on the one hand you have what you're, you're talking about where like they are practicing on their own and recovering from injuries. On the other hand, they're going to come back and like, remember the Pacers first three games of the season, they were clearly worse than they got, right? There's rust factors involved. And some of that was chemistry and stuff, but still, they those five games might be needed or something to just get back get your feet back under you to be ready so the playoff games aren't just gross and terrible and then you throw in the fact that there are a couple of major stars out with season and injuries and one of you that 2018 playoff hasn't helped the warriors who could get all their yeah, stuff man the next the, the nets, nets the have to be stoked right now right i mean if if let's say they don't play let's say they don't they start a season in late june that's a year from for katie from his killing injury he could theoretically be back by then uh, yeah. Play in the same way, and if they decide to maybe put every team in the playoffs per se, then the Warriors have a legit shot to win the win the NBA Finals. Again. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, yeah. no matter what, whoever wins is going to be considered kind of a an asterisk next to it. So I don't yeah, really. If it's a team that was really good in the regular season, I doubt it. Yeah, the Lakers won it, the Clippers won it, but I mean, and then the whole part is too. Hey, is, they don't play any regular season games, Adam. The Pacers uh, undefeated against the Lakers this season. Nice, nice. Very impressive. Beating the a the ad list Lakers when they played play them. <laughs> it's impressive um i love it yeah i mean i don't know i mean the whole injury thing is fascinating the whole training thing is fascinating i know i'm really curious how they'll do that like like with durant for example sean marks has said he's out for the season they got designated player or did they get i don't know they got the exception for him being out same with the lakers with boogie like say that guy comes back now because you postponed this i again and not that it's unfair like there's a pandemic it's just different but uh, that'd just be weird i feel like but um, the Nets have to be pretty happy about that. And the Pacers will be a team that benefits, right? Yeah, I think we were saying before, every with, team with has Brogdon injuries. With and again, with Vic getting better, I think they're a team. Every team with injuries, like, think about the um, the, uh, the 76ers, right? Ben Simmons has an, an unknown back injury that could take months to heal from, right? Yeah, every yeah. Every team's going to benefit in some way. I, I mean, no team has well, been – If you were really healthy, you aren't benefiting. But anybody really healthy at this point? I can't think of one team that's really healthy. The Nuggets were pretty healthy. Okay, all right. The Clippers <laughs> just got healthy. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, I mean, like, but like, even those probably have some injuries here that, that could, you know, yeah, in the right. future what could have what could happen if the season played. All I know is this is like, this is probably the most interesting scenario ever to happen, and most like, <laughs> I mean, this is probably. So can I talk to you about a team that I think is gonna is gonna be very interested in whatever the outcome is? Yeah, the Pelicans, because they're just outside the playoffs, so they would hate if the league just jumped straight into the postseason because they wouldn't be in but they have an easy schedule coming up to try to catch the Grizzlies. And the first half of their season, they didn't have Zion to make them a ton of money. And then they did get him, and they would like to have those games to make that money. So they are probably very much rooting 
for a delayed full season, whereas some other teams might not be. I think yeah, they could also condense the season, right? Do like 10 games over two weeks. Yep. I think that is a like great. The, like the lockout year, right? They did that. that kind of combines what the league would want, what Dinwiddie suggested, and would give teams a chance to, to catch up. And things yeah, like. I mean, I guess another question is, like I said, we don't know how bad this coronavirus thing is going to get. I mean, they right. – I don't know what happened in China. They keep playing basketball games. I don't. I don't know what happened. I mean, they basically shut down the country. I know that. They but shut I don't down have... the league for ten weeks. For ten weeks. So I mean, that's probably a good barometer to start with, and and then they remember in China they reacted with like basically lockdowns, and I don't know if we can do that in America. So it's a whole other problem. Um, I think I think I'm tired of talking about the coronavirus. You want to talk about the Pacers last game? Let's talk about a basketball game. Let's do okay. It. So let's do one quick break, and we'll talk about talk about the Pacers last game until they play next one. All right, Tony. So. Before all this stuff happened, I was prepared to say this was the week Vic returned. Am I wrong to say that? He played amazing in this Oh, game. my God. That last eight minutes was just vintage Vic. Outside of his stupid, stupid, stupid Whoa, shot. Yeah. Okay. That's so, where it might have started, too. I actually forgot until you said that. I kind of forgot about that until you said that. The stupid- that was like half of the discussion in the media room. Not, I mean, like among media people. I mean, like Vic talked about it. Miles talked about it. Nate talked about it because – they were, had such momentum. They're up three somehow. They've been getting destroyed in this game. And then, like, what was it, 12, 13 on the shot clock? And he chucked up that. Oh, it was killer. It's more than he, that. It's like, like, that was stupid of me. Why did I do that? He, he went for the kill, and he missed. He loves it. He loves the kill. He, and he, he's hit that shot before. We've seen him hit that shot to kill. He hit it this season against the Bulls. Yeah, so we, we've, seen, we've seen him hit the kill before. So, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on that that much because, to be honest, it was – now that we're, he's not going to play for the next three months, it's we'll talk about the fact that, <laughs> like... Yeah, let's focus on the positives. <laughs> yeah, let's well, just a positive. I don't think we should negative at all, to be honest. He this played point. amazing outside of that, yes. He yeah, was, I mean, that that last eight minutes, you know, I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, like, mid-third quarter, I'm like, all right, they got to get us to, like, 10, and they can't. I'm like, you just they just don't have enough. But they're, they're in enough of a range where I'm like, if they get hot for, like, a really quick period of time, they could come back. They certainly and they could. Did. And then you just... You saw at, like, for, the, what, from the eight-minute mark to, like, the two-minute mark, just, they were down 16 with like seven minutes left. Whatever that was, you could just see how good this team could be at its peak offense. You had Sabonis, Warren, and Old Depot just barraging teams. I mean, it was just incredible to watch. I mean, that 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 was like, oh, that's right. This team has that potential to be like, I mean, for any stretch to have like 120 offensive rating or something crazy like Depot that. Depot checked in with 8.03 to go. They were down 14, right? Five minutes to go. He's been in for three minutes. They're down nine. Two minutes to go. He's been in for six minutes. They are winning. Like he just – that was both on defense and offense. That was the best this team has looked possibly all season was that stretch with him out there. They were unbelievably good. Yeah, and he finally looked – I mean, he got a little gas, so he still need to get in, like, shape and whatnot. Um, like, he still need he play. He was over his minutes restriction at that point. No one will talk yeah. about it because he was playing great, but – Yeah, he looked a little gas at the end. You could kind of see it. But, like, overall, it felt like, oh – so Vic just needs some time to get in better, a little better shape, and he's going to be back because that was, I mean, five, seven, three. I, yeah, I mean, that was – I remember I did the podcast after production thinking, like, that's, this is the game where it's like we're going to look back and just be like, oh, that's right. Vic is, like, one of the best 20 players in the league. He's one of the best maybe six guards in the league or six to eight guards in the league. Like, we're going to remember that eventually after this after tonight. He's going to help them win a playoff series and going to make it really interesting in the second round. Yeah, if, if, if they win a series, man, I'll remember this game. Another reason about that is they could play the Celtics. I asked a bunch of Celtics questions um, before to players and coaches before and after the game. But, like, through about two and a half quarters, I thought, oh, man, you know, the Celtics just have the number. All of a sudden, they figured out what the Pacers are doing, that the defense can't stop good Tatum, who wasn't there last time. 
And then for a quarter and a half, the Pacers said, no, we can do this. So it was really hard to take away how this playoff series might look. But it was fascinating to see that, to me, for a playoff takeaway, that their best five did really well against the Celtics. Well, it's not even their best five, too. Remember, there's no Brogdon. I mean, it's a wash. I would right, call right. Brogdon and Brown a wash. Both missing teams is a wash. So, like, sure. like, but, like, overall, it, to me, the game was like, they're on the level of the Celtics. Like, Celtics are, they're maybe slightly better. Certainly they're slightly better, but they're not, like, in a playoff series – if a couple things not like through, last year where the Pacers just had no way to create an efficient shot every time. No, to me, it felt like a pleasure to the two teams would be very much like the 2018 series with the Cavs. Where like if a couple of things had broken the Pacers way, like a goaltending call here or there, they could have won the series, right? <laughs> what are you talking about, Adam? I know, I know, Fro. I mean, we, we might have to do, do that game or at least that play rewatch. I mean, man, that was that was the most frustrated I've been in a playoff. Well, it's so, uh, I don't want to rehash that, but even live, I was like, that wasn't a goaltending. So I give the ref the benefit of the doubt, but man, is it so dumb they can't review that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been that mad, like I said, since Roy Hibbert wasn't in the end of a game of a playoff series in 2013. <laughs> I, that was the last time I got so mad. at the. And then last time before that was when Reggie Miller got blocked. They might be all three games we watched, by the way. Um, yeah, but we should. I haven't been that mad so about Well, another that. thing that I wanted to talk about, well, I, I was prepared to be talking about Tice, right? I've talked about Tice on the show so much. Yeah, you can. He's good because he's a good player. But defensively, he didn't play that well. I mean, they, they, I talk him up because I think that people are really overstating the advantage that Pacers have inside. But yeah, Turner and Sabonis both played great. They, they, you know, they did better than I thought they would in this game. Because so, this, this was interesting cross matches, right? Because Hayward was awesome. Because Sabonis just couldn't stop. He was getting basically whatever shot he wanted. Um, but then, yeah, with Tyson, the bigs, the bigs still did a pretty good job getting whatever they wanted, right? Sabonis, twenty-eight points. He was great. Turner was good on both ends. So it was very interesting to see the yin and yang work a little bit less in the favor of this. Or like, like, obviously, the Pacers had an advantage. I thought it was way less than other people were saying. So I think it was somewhere between where I was saying what everybody else was saying. But I thought that matchup was very interesting because Tice played very well, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think on the offensive end, you, what you really saw from both teams is that they, could, they figured out how to exploit each team offensively. But what the one thing the Pacers had advantage defensively, at least, was the fact that Turner, they tried to switch Turner a bunch of time on a, like, Walker. And it just didn't work. I mean, Walker got, has a knee injury, or it's kind of been playing him the Bad, past, yeah, had whatever you want to call it, the past two weeks before he's played games, and maybe that's part of it. But it felt like it felt like the Pacers, like I said, like we said before, the Pacers were on their level defensively and offensively. Both teams just knew where to exploit the right moments, and it would come in who could exploit the most at the right moment. And the Celtics kind of ran a really good play at the end of that game for Tatum to get a dunk, where Thice kind of just basically shoved Turner Smart out. Smart just backing Sabonis to the rim so easily too was pretty yeah. opening. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it, it felt like each team had a different advantage on the offensive end, and just it was it just going to be a really good battle. You know, I mean, to come it who was can, who can scheme the right play at the end of games to get a guy open, and we saw the kind of the advantage of the Celtics and having a really good coach in Brad Stevens, and the in the way they ran that play for the Tatum dunk was really, I thought. Oh, the Tice pick and pop three was beautiful too. Yeah, that was also good. And then the Pacers ran that stupid play for Justin Holiday that was not. It great. was not for Justin Holiday. It wasn't. It was a for Justin Holiday was actually the fourth option according to the head coach of the team. Well, Vic couldn't get free, right? Is that what it was? DJ Warren in the corner, number one, India. Number two, Vic around the pop. Number three, the inbounder running back across Turner, then Justin Holiday. Okay, well, right. So, right now I'm remembering, right? It was the – sorry, it's been a really long week. I mean, I, I – but, right, they – I want – why? <laughs> I know. They immediately – typical week, right? Out, right? They immediately stiffed out the, the – So, the, here's what Nate said. Right? Here's what Nate said is that the Celtics were in a zone at first, and then they switched the screen. So the zone is what blew up Warren in the corner. The switch blew up Vic, so they had to go to, to Holiday on the end. 
Yeah, that's again, that's not a great play design. Vet, they run it all the time. That's the problem. Well, no, that's the thing is they run. <laughs> you know it's coming. Yeah, it's really bad, right? I, I mean, I don't watch how Celtics gonna be real, but like, I don't think I've ever seen them run that play with Tyson get Tate get to Tatum over for the dunk. I mean, and I they have if they the Bayers had, yeah. hadn't seen it before. Like Bayers though ran the same, you know, three plays they run and. Because the Pacers' best option, McMillan's – They have a ton of plays. They don't have a lot of sideline out-of-bounds plays. No, but McMillan's best out-of-bounds play has been in the past, okay, just get Vic the ball and let him shoot at some point. That's the way I've been at, right? If you watch all of his game-winning threes, they're ISO Vic or get a pick-and-roll kind of thing. But since the team started double-teaming that, it's, it basically has just been ISO Vic out and let Vic just shoot a three. Yeah. That's see what happens. And he's, he I, can I talk about another factor in this game that I think is kind of being undersold? Yeah. Is how much missing McDermott is killing the second unit. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, again, I love Jakar. Dude fights like hell out there. But McConnell, Jakar, Sumner is, is the most impossible to navigate spacing lineup ever. doesn't matter what starters out there. Justin Holiday can only do so much as a floor spacer. So that group just gets kind of stuck and bogged down. And that group can fight on D, right? Holiday, Sumner, McConnell, Sampson, all good defenders but they just cannot get enough offense without McDermott running around creating space for everybody else. And I think his absence was really felt in this game that Ben Junior did not have a great game. Yeah. And you can say over the past couple of games too, the bench has been kind of crap. Right. Yeah. They we're seeing that. Was it you? You said McDermott, right? For sixth man of the year when we did that award. I think show? so. Yeah, I did. I mean, he's been, really I did not. I said McConnell. Yeah. You're, you have a lot of evidence points now in your favor with these recent games. Yeah, I mean, I think they go hand in hand. I think if you watch McConnell and McDermott, you still see some issues. Too. Right, right, right. But I mean, also the other problem is right, it puts Aaron Holland in the starting lineup, and he's just not ready to be a starter. Yeah, he's, he. I think we're clearly seeing he's better as an off-ball guard than an on-ball guard. He's, yeah, he basically is kind of a mini Vic. Yeah, yeah, he, he he does a lot better with McConnell. I think if he does better even when he starts with Brogdon, he did really good against the Spurs last week. You know, yeah, I, I honestly thought the the move was going to be going forward if. Assuming Brock how many Brock's be out for a while was to go either point Vic and throw in Justin Holiday or or start McConnell and then figure out how to play point Vic on the bench or at least make Aaron Holiday the point bench. You know what I mean? Just yeah. figure out something because I just don't think the starting lineup was going to work there in Holiday. Maybe end game with McConnell instead. Maybe that's what you decide. But did they? I just think Aaron Holiday is becoming a liability out there offensively. Really Maybe not that far, but it's been pretty bad. He he just really like at least with McConnell, who I go get can't really space, but McConnell you put the ball in McConnell's hand, he's gonna be able to find the guy on the right, you know, move. Right. Right. Like especially the, like let's say the end of out of bounds play, right? Um, if I could blow it up and you throw it to McConnell, McConnell's gonna find a way to get a guy before the shot. Basically. Like Aaron's D was really good against the um, who would they play before the Celtics that he started against? I can't uh-huh. remember now. The Mavs. His defense against the Mavs was really good. Yeah. So I thought he played pretty good that game despite a rough offensive game. But then the Celtics, a little bit rougher overall, and it just doesn't fit that great on offense. Man, could you imagine if they had beat the Celtics? They would have played their best two games, and then that would, it would have been over. Thanks to back. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh. Rough. It, it all happened so – I remember leaving Tuesday thinking that could have been my last game, but I didn't realize how fast it would happen. When did that – the big stuff dropped on Wednesday, right? That's when on the – Wednesday there were games being played when they suspended it. That's why, like, Vince checked in to, like, knowing it could be his last game. Remember that? The Mavs Nuggets finished a game, and that, like, was it? All right. Um, any more on the Celtics Spacers? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I wanted to write about it being a playoff preview. I'm not really sure I should do that yet, but it was a great game. It was really fantastic because I, I, I wrote my headline before the game, rookie mistake, but 
uh, about how it's going to be defined by by mismatches, who can take advantage of whatever cross match. And it really was fascinating to see how those all went down and how both teams handled it. And then, so as it stands, the Pacers are the five seed. They're tied with Philadelphia in record, but they haven't yeah, won the tiebreaker so far. So if they skip right to the playoffs, we will see Pacers heat. Yeah, a, a redux of the 2012, 13, and 14 season. You know what I'm mad about, Adam, with this suspension is we didn't get Jimmy Butler versus Warren. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm okay with that, to be honest. <laughs> you uh, missed it by five days. If you look at the standings, it looks like the Warriors will get the number one pick right now. I mean, it'll be a lottery, obviously, but. Anthony Edwards, future Golden State Warrior. <sighs> All right. Um, <laughs> give me something positive to end on. Give me, give me something. Well, we're going to be watching games this week uh, to talk about, which is fun and positive. Yes, as you are social distancing slash self-quarantining, we will be uh, trying to bring you podcasts every day. Um, we will try to release a set of what games we're going to rewatch so that if you want to rewatch them too, we're probably going to find some streams somewhere. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, but we're going to try to do that. If not, I, there's always highlights. A lot of these games that we're going to do, there's highlights on YouTube. There's like 10-minute condensed versions. Yeah, of- on YouTube. Um, a couple of the games we'll probably start with. To, I, remember I think watching. they released the 10-minute condensed video for every game, don't they? Yeah, they didn't start like recently, not for a while. Yeah, I don't know how far it goes, but um, you know, some of the two Tony and I can do from memory. I mean, I've watched the Pacer games since two thousand three. I could do the Bojan game with my eyes closed, like trapped under a rock. Yes, I I can still see the, those those shots falling. They're down twelve. All of a sudden, Bojan gets to the rim for a bucket, and I'm trying to think. So, life just changes. So I can do that game. I can do um, what was the I I can. The Vic Denver game in my mind, I can I can see the ending. That was a great one. Really well, I can see a bunch of Vic's game winners in my head right now. Uh, I can I can distinctly remember the Paul George basically when LeBron fouls out game five, 2014. He basically just takes D Wade down essentially. Like D, that was the day that D Wade stopped being an elite NBA player. For that <laughs> game, I can remember the the obviously I did it before the Roy Hibbert not being subbed in and LeBron going for the game winning layup in a, to thirteen. I can go back and remember like. The 04 playoffs, pretty much that entire playoffs, I can I can pretty much do from the Heat series to D-Way hitting a half quarter at one point to Jermaine getting poked in the eye to them beating Boston in four but barely because our test – I think somebody got suspended for game four. I, I, can, I can go pretty far back. You're ready. So we're ready for this. I mean, we'll, we'll let you know what we're going to do in terms of that. Um, hopefully, maybe there will be some NBA news coming out that we can discuss. Obviously, with this thing, Lance – is not going to come to the Pacers, it looks like. So right. not like that was kind of our whole plan last week. It was like, oh, we're going to get Lance by Thursday. And we'll have to talk I about talked it. about on Friday that it's probably not happening now. Yeah, so that's not going to happen, unfortunately, for all the uh, Lance stands out there. Um, I guess to end this, the only thing I would say is um, try to stay safe, wash your hands. If you feel sick, go you know, go to the right way to get tested and whatnot. Um, and you always, as always, you can follow our podcast at Locked On Pacers, Tony at T's to NBA, me, and, me at Free Madam 5. Um, this has been the Locked On Pages Podcast, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.